What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Today's episode is brought to you by our listeners and supporters over on our Buy Me a Coffee page. Thank you to all who support the show by giving our show a listen, leaving a review or comment, following us on Twitter, or sharing the show with your friends and family. If you want to support the show further, check out our BMAC page for more information. Link will be in the description below. This is Dr. X.H. Balthazar. I'm broadcasting in the hopes of reaching an audience with an interest in my field of study. Through my years of research, I have scoured the globe in search of the unordinary and uncanny. Some of you may call those finds myths, folklore, or even urban legends, but I can assure you they are nothing of the sort. New episodes every Friday. Listen to Fear Frequency wherever you get your podcasts. For more info, go to historicmedia.com. Hello, and welcome to Into the Night, a Finance Freddy's podcast. I am your host, Nick, and thank you for listening. On our previous episode, we had discussed Fastman Entertainment's revival after Michael and Henry attempted to burn down the establishment, William Afton, and all the lost souls returned to animals from his evil deeds. Despite seemingly succeeding, neither Mike or Henry could foretell what their plans would fruition. That they created such an authentic cover-up of bringing Fastman Entertainment back that a group of investors would be willing to bring back the company and hire the best spin doctors money could afford to mix your cure for the brand's bloody history. They laid out a complicated but keen plan of making light of the tragedies of the past, passing them off as urban legends of the brand by having an indie game developer make games based on their tragic events, but do so in a way that gave Spasm Entertainment the ability to call foul play and claim defamation. They would then hire a new team of game developers to create a new game, doubling down on their perfidious take on the Fazbear legacy, and making out that more of these events were nothing more than silly tall tale frights. However, the development team for the game, Silver Parasol Games, encountered an error through their game testing. An anomaly that sprung forth in the scrap circuitry and burned metal gave forth to some form of glitch. This anomaly, as they internally referred to it as, Resulting in the game's QA tester, Jeremy, to undergo extreme stress and anxiety, leading to his eventual suicide. One of the developers of the game, simply referred to as Tape Girl due to her audio documentation of the game's development, also encountered this anomaly after taking over Jeremy's work. Through her research, she uncovered Fast Entertainment's conspiratorial plot, but was left stupefied when she learned that same company was buying out some of Parasol to cover the tracks further. The current theory around the office was that Fast Entertainment had sent some form of fixer to break into their office and steal back some material they weren't supposed to see. Now they were being bought out and their project given to another company. Tape Girl knew the danger this rogue anomaly could have on whoever took over the project after them. In a last-ditch attempt to fix the problem, she left her audio accounts in a secret virtual room for FQA testers to find and learn about the anomaly only for that same rogue program to attach itself to her files and hide itself, corrupting them to be undeletable from the game's core data. 
This left Tape Girl with no other option but to fragment her audio files and spread them across the game, hopefully stop the anomaly from intoxicating and spreading into the game even further. It's unknown what company took over for Silver Parasol Games after this ordeal. It's completely possible Phasma Entertainment sort of developed the game internally after what had happened with Silver Parasol. But from Tape Girl's audio logs, it appears that Phasma Entertainment had lined up another company to finish their work. Phasma Entertainment was already busy themselves, partially preoccupied having to cover up the last remnants of William Afton and Henry's legacy, and partially involved in a legalese of their new money-making project. The company was currently in the middle of a swamp of negotiations over a massive construction project in Utah. The citizens of Hurricane were astonished to see the once abandoned lot that had nothing but a small, decrepit, Freddy Fazbear Pizzeria Shack, now had massive pylons and construction mixers working every day around it. Large scaffolding and smell of metal and fire were in the air as the construction crew were erecting an insanely large complex, almost the size of a mall. Fazbear Entertainment had no comment on what the project they were working on. But did confirm that it would be a business establishment that children and families in not just Utah, but the entirety of the United States deserved. And while they are happy for the local excitement, they would rather than focus on their newest projects, like the Free Fazbear Virtual Experience, which apparently was undergoing final QA testing right at that moment. This is episode 16. Do you trust me? My research has led to an extraordinary discovery in the matter of emotional energy's effect on an environment. My constituents at Evergreen Laboratories called me crazy when I told them about the effects of emotion and how dangerous it is in comparison to any form of physical weapon. Compare the emotion of agony to that of a shotgun. The result of an exploding shrapnel of a firearm gives an immediate reaction. You see the result of a shotgun so its energy, thus its capabilities seem greater to less trained minds. Human emotion is slower, but more impactful and insidious. Emanating or excreting, if you will, like sweat or tears. Spreading and infecting objects it surrounds, soaking in and slowly distorting what was originally there into a form that would make the energy of a shotgun seem merciful in comparison. I've been studying these effects for some time as I have worked for the bureaucrats at Evergreen. But I knew making another derivative asinine form of the same cough medicine was never my true calling. I, Dr. Phineas Taggart, have retired from my futile pharmaceutical research to explore my true calling. To study energy and its effects on all matter, alive or dead, animate, or Supposedly, inanimate. Vanessa was given the job practically on the spot. Felt like only a minute ago she was in a suit prepared to interview for a game designer position, and a moment later they slapped a pair of VR goggles on her face and told her to begin testing. 
Fazbear Entertainment had contracted a small team of developers to finish up a VR game project that turned out to be complete litter. The previous team was apparently given a generous amount of time and resources, but yet still boshed it up somehow and now this team was left to pick up the remaining pieces. The game was horribly optimized, their budget was near to nothing, and the development was being rushed for a potential holiday release. Right now, they just needed someone, anyone, to help them. Vanessa was given a quick rundown of the game, the Freddy Fazbear Virtual Experience. Not a franchise she was familiar with, but it apparently was a big local restaurant hit in the western United States. It apparently had some controversy in its past, but they recently made it big and were starting to motion to make a national pitch for their entertainment venues. And their opening act? A VR horror game based on the franchise's urban legend. Vanessa thought the idea hysteric. That'd be like if Disney produced a slasher fic where the murderer was Mickey Mouse, or, or a Sesame Street had an episode where it satirized Saw and Elmo played the role of Jigsaw. It's just an odd decision to see a brand who must have been associated with color and comedy to do something so dark and trepidatious. But who was she to judge? It wasn't like her own life was quite in order. Perhaps the company had its reasons. Besides, it would at least be an interesting story to tell people and help pay the bills in the process. So she tightened the straps in her headset, picked up the twin hand controllers, and turned on the game. Eyes were immediately hit with the bright white light, causing her to cringe and squint like she was peering the next life, as all she could see was a white void. Once she got her bearings, she noticed that her body was moving in the game world. She looked down through the VR lens to see as she was standing in the middle of a roller coaster cart, going down an infinite track towards an invisible horizon. As she examined her environment further, mentally noting to inform the graphics department to turn down the brightness down in the intro, a courteous and ad-friendly voice emitted from a non-existent speaker. Welcome to the Freddy Fazbear Virtual Experience. Fazbear Entertainment is excited to join the digital age, and what better way to do that than with an edge-of-your-seat virtual reality experience? Suddenly, the void gave way to seamless crack down the middle directly in front of her. The void opened up and swayed like humongous theater doors, and ahead the world became surrounded by black. The track continued to the darkness, a much preferable visual for the eye, in Vanessa's opinion. To her left and right, various images start to appear as the announcer continued his introduction. We know that Fazbear Entertainment has developed something of a bad reputation over the last few decades, and while it's true that some stories associated with our name were loosely based on actual events, the majority of them were total fabrications from the mind of a complete lunatic. Lawsuits pending. But we aren't above laughing at ourselves. Ha ha ha. That's why we have recreated many of these completely fictitious scenarios, lies, that you've been fed over the last several years into a hilarious VR game in the hopes that we can finally move past these childish ghost stories and develop a new relationship with you as well as your kids. Don't forget the merch perfect for birthdays. So sit back and enjoy a few scares. Despite the ham-fisted attempt to not sound like this is a con job, Vanessa had to admit it was pretty fascinating that they would go through all its trouble because of brand defamation. The guy online who developed those games was probably just some troll on the internet, but this company is willing to go through all of this to repair the damages he caused. 
What exactly did he say about them? As she shook her head in disbelief, she noticed an odd-looking element in the rollercoaster tracks. The rollercoaster suddenly stopped. Ahead, another door that looked like it was ripped from a small country home. A small holographic screen popped in front of the cart. We do, however, ask that you agree to a simple waiver before you play. It's mostly just legal mumbo-jumbo and isn't at all based on user experiences thus far or injuries associated with testing. Just touch the button to agree, and then we can jump right into some harmless fun that can't harm you at all in any harmful way. Thank you for playing the Freddy Fazbear Virtual Experience. Vanessa scoffed as she saw the absolute audacity of the user agreement she was seeing, and instead turned towards the disturbed element that was on the tracks. Where her car had stopped, the glitch object was just in reach by her stationary position. It looked to be a black brick of some sort, perhaps an asset that was missing its texture. Pinkish and purplish static danced along the base of the block, giving it an almost ethereal look. She reached over to interact with it, her transparent hands gripped onto the block, only for a flash of setting to cause it to dissipate. Confusing. Another mention enough to make about the game to the developers. You acknowledge that Fazbear Entertainment is not responsible for accidental digital consciousness transference, real-world manifestations... As she turned back to the contract, her cart began to move. She briefly caught a glimpse which read, quote, you may allow the accept button of the contract to be untouched for 10 seconds. The 10 second mark will let us know that you attend, accept, and press the button. After another pause, her virtual strands were given light again and she was placed in the middle of what looked like an old school Freddy Fazbear's pizzeria. This was no ordinary pizzeria. The checkerfloor dining room didn't give it away. A side room covered by a purple curtain with the words, Pirate's Cove showed. This is the original Finance of Freddy's Pizzeria location, recreated by Silver Parasol Games in the virtual world. Ahead of her was a monitor on top of the desk. It looked old and dated, at least 1980s. Ahead of her desk was a show stage covered by a pink curtain. On cue, the announcer began giving her instructions on what to do. Welcome to the Freddy Fazbear Virtual Experience. Use the console in front of you to navigate the menu and pick one of the frightening experiences available. By completing these scenarios, more will become available. You'll see plenty of familiar faces and some new ones as well. So stay a while and have a good time. And remember, despite the temporary horror you may experience, this is a completely controlled environment and you aren't in any real danger. Fazbear Entertainment not responsible for real danger. Please make a selection from the virtual menu. As she scrolled the menu, she was impressed with all the game scenarios they had already done. They had a section set in Freddy Fazbear in 1993, another in 1987, one that was like a horror attraction, working as a vent maintenance worker or parts and service engineer, another set in a bedroom with a section called Dark Rooms. She was told beforehand by the developers that her environment in each section was almost completely interactable. They currently didn't have any other form of endgame or conclusion completed, but to encourage players to try and everything in the game, they had hidden 30 fast coins across it. Vanessa looked behind her and discovered a prize counter on the far side of the virtual world. She was told by development that by collecting these coins and beating the game scenarios, she would unlock collectibles that they could check out. 
An interesting mechanic, as long as the collectibles were cool, Vanessa thought. For now, she just wanted to play the game and get out of the menu. She had to admit the developers did an excellent job of making the environment terrifying. She hadn't even really started playing yet, and she was already on edge. The ambience of the piece of raid just had this tension that danger was lurking around every corner, and the predatory purple eyes looked onto her near far-off hallway. It was not helping her anxiety in one bit. One could say my work is rooted in psychology, as my initial spark of genius came from a psychologist Maven. His name escapes me for now, but I recall reading his experiments in a medical journal, a series of tests to study the effect of a living creature being stared at. Why does it bother us when we feel the presence of eyes upon us? His tests are ultimately inconclusive but he did discover that there was a large area of activity in the sympathetic nervous systems of the test subjects. So he began to conduct more experiments to search for a possible explanation. His hypothesis was that people could be influenced by the negative intentions of others. That one could influence another to take a negative action through the influence of their own negative thoughts. His conclusion was that the mindset of an opposing force can impact your own mindset without you even recognizing the effect. I, on the other hand, came to a different conclusion. That there's power in negative emotion. And no emotion is as powerful as pure, unaltered agony. It looks like you're making great progress, and more importantly, you're staying in your lane and sticking to the script, which is exactly what our risk assessment team was hoping you'd do. Please continue to enjoy the Fazbear virtual experience. As Vanessa kept playing the game, she was astonished without terrifying the developers had made the experience. Claustrophobia was the least of her concerns when Amtrak's two feet taller with knees the size of her head were lurking behind every corner. The dark rooms were absolutely terrifying, with clown bears and tentacle monsters and moving dolls. It was all so overwhelming. She was also stunned with how dark they were going with this fast entertainment as a dark and disturbing company motif throughout the game. From some dude over the phone during the sections where they had you play as a night guard, what we would recall as the events of Final Fantasy 1 through 3, the phone guy made fast entertainment out to be a corrupt and horrendously unmoral corporation. A business who cut corners because they believe that is how you naturally succeed, and are willing to cover up murders and deaths as long as their bottom line would be unaffected. When she had some time off between her QA testing days, she spent a few hours researching the game this rogue developer had made. Apparently the storyline involved the murder of five children who went missing, with the games heavily indicating that this rotting rabbit antron from the third game selection was their killer and paled and imprisoned within the vessel he used to murder the desi cause and the lackadaisical approach to security and safety by fast entertainment, as displayed in the VR game, I guess it makes sense why they were so serious to correct their brand's perception if this was the dominant view of the company. In addition to that, she was also reporting her bugs to the developers. She had ran into a couple issues that could easily be fixed. Funtime Freddy kept getting stuck in his level making it pretty easy to beat. The plush Circus Baby doll segment was near impossible because of the battery limit of her flashlight. 
and one of the coins on the level with the actual circus baby robot had a fast coin that never counted. But the one problem she kept running into was those black rectangles. She had seen enough of them that it became clear that that asset it was supposed to be was some form of tape, whether video or audio of NSO was unsure. But she had encountered at least eight of these tapes around the very scenario she was playing, hiding in cabinets behind plush toys and underneath piles of paper and trash debris. The developers were confused with the report. They never had placed any form of tapes in the game. The only time they used anything she was describing was in the game's nightmare difficulty mode, which she hadn't tested yet. The only collectible they implemented were fast coins, which reminded Vanessa that she hadn't yet tested the prize corner in the main menu yet. For her next QA testing session, she made sure to go over and examine the feature. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is an incredible mobile game that lets you take command of your own team of your favorite Marvel superheroes and villains to take on interdimensional threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse in an action-packed turn-based squad tactic RPG extravaganza. Embark on an extensive campaign, completing challenging missions as you fight your way through the expansive Marvel Universe, collect valuable loot, enhance the powers of your favorite characters, and level up to acquire new gear, unlock formidable attacks and abilities, and customize your characters with costumes inspired by the most infamous storylines. Did that get your attention? As we speak, Marvel Strike Force is celebrating its six-year anniversary. But here's the real kicker. New users signing up through our link and using the promo code MAXPOOL get an exclusive treat. You'll instantly add the Merc with the Mouth Deadpool to your roster, complete with character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, and gear. Also, please note that these sponsorships help support the production and the hours we put into creating content for you. So downloading this game, using the link in the description, and giving it a try would help out this podcast immensely. The game is free, and using the code MAXPOOL gets you a ton of free starting loot, so you got nothing but to gain for giving the game a try right now. Thank you once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It was a simplistic setup. All the collectibles she won were placed in a rudimentary menu that, once you clicked on the item you wanted, had a small crane system drop the item to you with a catchy jingle. It reminded Vanessa of those old ice cream trucks she used to run after during summer break. As she messed around with the various action figures, she noticed that another tape hidden inside the prize counter glass. She reached through the game world and grabbed the tape with her virtual hands, causing it once again to disappear. Up a funnel, she was prepared to leave before noticing another black brick was subtly placed on top of the shelf in the prize corner. It wasn't like the previous tape she had collected. This one was more flat and wider. It had a handle and that could be seen on one side. While she could have moved through some elements of the virtual world, her position made it impossible to reach the glitched object. However, she recently unlocked a basketball with her fast coins. Maybe she can mess with the physics and not get closer to her. After a few tries, granted it's difficult to throw nothing into something, she was able to knock the object closer to her and collect it. A loud static noise was made, but nothing else happened, just like all the other previous tapes. 
So she made her way back to the main menu. You're doing a great job, and no doubt having a great time as well. As a reminder, please be sure to only interact with core gameplay elements and avoid anything that could potentially be considered a glitch, mistake, or embedded message from unauthorized personnel. As she pondered on handing sudden interjection, she was suddenly startled by a noise appearing from beside her. She turned toward where those purple eyes were lingering on her, and found the eyes had an owner. A translucent figure with a visible buck-toothed grin and two floppy rabbit ears was waving at her, albeit very crudely. But not like how the animatronics moved. It wasn't stiff from robotic joints or gears. It looked human and appeared to be restrained, unable to move as fluently as it should. She decided to check if this was some glitch and quickly went to the main menu controls to switch the game to nightmare difficulty. The environment shifted again. This time, the world around her became neon and purple, twisted circus music played in a demented loop. She turned towards the figure to see its translucent body evaporate, but its eyes remained fixed in her position. If this was a joke for the developers to mess with her, she wasn't laughing. This thing was freaky and was by far the scariest thing she had came across. In addition to this strange figure appearing in front of her, another object apparated out of thin air on top of one of the monitors on her desk, which kept track of the amount of fast coins she had collected, with a tape recorder with the same purple static that the previous tapes had. Either through curiosity, duty, or just to escape the strange figure that is stalking her, she touched the object to see what would happen. Her screen faded, and she found herself in a black void. Creaky wooden floorboards met her virtual feet, and above her, sparkles of dust danced in the sky. In front of her was a series of tapes without the purple static surrounding it, numbered in numeric order with the room for 16 tapes. An old tape recorder was placed right next to it. She took a hold of the first tape and placed it in the playback device. Hello? Can you hear me? Don't exit this room, okay? This isn't a mistake. This room isn't a mistake. I had to hide these logs away from the core gameplay files, in a place that only a beta tester would look, and in a place where the files could be protected. Her mind became rattled with the information she was learning. The project wasn't just mismanaged, but as some form of cover-up by fast entertainment. This game had an insidious virus that has taken a hold, is currently interfering with the development, and more than likely mentally scarred a man into suicide. Everything was telling her by to run, flee, take off the headset and tell developers what she had learned. But something was holding her back. Something was telling her there was more to what was going on. Perhaps nothing at all. Fazer Entertainment was just a children's entertainment company. The stories being told by that any developer couldn't actually have been based off true. Her head was spiraling and she couldn't think straight. There was a small voice in the back of her mind telling her that she had to continue. Something else was here. Something bigger. She left the void and decided on a new goal for this game. There were still some missing tapes left. Perhaps they could fill in blanks to this story.
It seems that you may have inadvertently accessed an unauthorized portion of the game. Please be aware that interacting with unofficial game code can be harmful to you and potentially damaging to our reputation. As she continued playing the game, progressing further and learning more of the game's development hell, every time she got to the main menu, that translucent figure got closer and closer, and it became less spectral over time. She was finally able to see that the figure was yellow in color, dressed classy with a purple bow tie and vest with white sparkling stars adorning it. His purple eyes gave way to pink pupils. Large black whiskers protruded from his cheeks. Stitches crossed and stretched across his body, and his mood became fluid and human. When she got to the menu, it wasn't uncommon for the anomaly to be hovering right behind her, greeting her by waving his hand enthusiastically. She had played through almost every section of the game, yet two tapes eluded her. The only thing she hadn't played was the Nightmare Mode in the Night Terror section. Every Nightmare Mode usually followed the wording of the previous game, then was often the same game mode but modified to add extra challenge. It was a hard mode. Night Terrors had four levels set in the child's bedroom, the bedroom for FNAF 4, but when she shifted the game to hard mode, Night Terrors only had one level to choose from. Pizza Party. It seems that, on multiple occasions now, you have disappeared from the authorized boundaries of the Fazbear virtual experience. We would ask that you not do it again. Vanessa was met with the same distorted music and dark void. In front was a small lava lamp illuminating faintly enough to display words written on the walls in red. Find me. Vanessa knows she had a flashlight in her virtual hand, shining around her to get her bearings, and scared she was sitting in the child's bedroom from the previous night terror levels. However, she was surrounded by plushies. Circus Baby, Toy Chica, Funtime Freddy, Bonnie, Chica, a Golden Bonnie, and Foxy. Funny enough, no Freddy Fazbear. She opened the door to find herself in a hallway from the Freddy Fazbear Pizzeria from 1993, FNAF 1. As she closed the door behind her, she couldn't hear it shut. She turned around to see a dead end of the hallway, with the Golden Bonnie plush sitting on a TV right behind her. A door to a security office closed next to her, causing her to jump. Her light flickered and she could feel movement. There were two doors next to her and she darted through them to end up in another hallway. Despite looking modern, she recognized this as the hallway to the party rooms in the Freddy Fazbear location in 1987, Binance Race 2. In front of her was the security office she once was behind. Written on the walls in the same red was a question. What's your favorite flavor? Confused, she looked around and discovered two more doors in two different party rooms. One said vanilla, the other said chocolate. She chose a door that said chocolate and ended up in a decrepit hallway lit with sickly green lights with walls covered in grime. She's also the security office from Fazbear Fright's Horror Attraction, FNAF 3. Behind her once again, her doorway disappeared, this time replaced with a ventilation shaft. Her light flickered again and she saw Springtrap was giving her a dead look from behind the security office window. She hurriedly chose a door and immediately ended up back in the bedroom she started out in. 
After a few more minutes, she recognized what was going on. She was in a maze, a maze constructed at the various locations from Fazer Entertainment's past. Various animatronics were found throughout the map, and heading to the next room is the only way to avoid them catching her. She knew it was a game, but for some reason she had a fear of being caught. A fear of being found. Each location is strewn with various warnings and directions and red text, sprayed on the walls, floors, and ceilings, often accompanied by a golden rabbit plush close by with an accompanying message. Do you trust me? One room had her place in the kitchen. Another question of favorite flavor was posed. This time for her favorite pizza topping. Pepperoni or cheese. Vanessa chose cheese. She went through the door and up back in a room darted with doors. Each one covered in a red X. She chose one at random and ended up back in the hallway of Fazbear Frights. Only this time. Springtrap was no longer there. The door to the office was open. She walked to discover several tables decorated with colorful plastic plates and party hats. Balloons were in the air and posters from the original Body Chica and Freddy hung on the wall. The vent ahead of her kept opening and closing, urging her to move forward. She went through the vents and discovered a crossway between the vent paths. In one of them, the same golden rabbit plush was there. Red text next to him asked, What goes up? Nessa looked up to see a small hatch opening and closing sporadically. When she climbed up, she was met with a fanfare of children celebrating, but found no children. Instead saw a room that looked like the parking service room for a Freddy Fazbear's pizza. Bonnie and Chica were leaning on the walls to her left, torn apart and inactive. To her right, an exit for employees was locked and closed. A few tables were in front of her, and on one was one of her tapes she had been looking for. Finally, she only needed one more, but her excitement was short-lived as realization took hold. On the same table was a hot, steamy cheese pizza, and to an adjacent table, a chocolate cake the words happy birthday written in colorful frosting. Her favorite flavors. Ahead of her hung the purple sage curtain. It was pulled back to reveal the figure that had been stalking her, fully physical without a glitch effect in sight. He gave an enthusiastic wave before walking back, beckoning Vanessa to come forward as if it had something to show her. She knew better than to trust it. The tapes had told her it was insidious and drove a man to suicide. Something caused her to act against her will. Just to act despite thinking it foolish. She moved behind the curtain to see what the rabbit had to show her. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Fazbear Entertainment would like you to put your hands together for the one, the only, the only, 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 only. The curtains around her drew back, and Vanessa found herself on the stage. The stage that was in front of her in the main menu. The stage the original Freddy Fazbear band played on in 1993. The flashlight in her virtual hand was replaced with a microphone. 
She couldn't move from the center of the stage. Distorted birthday music played, and the only one who was enjoying it was the rabbit man who beckoned her to follow him. He was currently dancing fluently and methodically, his hands raised with one foot in front of the other as he danced in stride. Every second she was on stage was another second the information clicked in her head. She was performing this free Fazbear on stage after following a man dressed as a golden rabbit. Those in the games were a lie, and this glitch wanted to show it to her. It wanted to show her the truth. Fazbear Entertainment did have a past. It did cover up crimes on murder, and this anomaly was aware of what they were trying to do. This was Fazbear Entertainment's true legacy. Congratulations on completing the Freddy Fazbear virtual experience. You did an amazing job. You might be wondering if you missed anything or if there's anything left to see. So just take my word for it, you didn't miss anything and there's nothing left to see. We're looking forward to a fresh start with you now that we've all had a good laugh at these tall tales and now that you realize that Fazbear Entertainment is a safe, family-friendly brand with no skeletons in our closet. So goodbye for now, and we'll see you on the toy aisle. Bye-bye. 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 Take care now. As I expected, extreme human emotions appear to impact its surroundings far more powerfully the more negative it is. Agony, I'm convinced, radiates farther from people than any other emotion. Love is its own influence, but my own experiments with the study of water crystals indicate that common belief in effective science has been misinterpreted. Just because love forms beautiful ice crystals doesn't mean it's the most powerful emotion. For yesterday, I mimicked the ice crystal methodology, and by allowing all the hurt and anger I usually keep well in check to burst forth, I watched water manifest a hideous ice crystal in a matter of seconds. Vanessa rested with what she learned for a while. Something was calling her back. Those final two tapes hadn't been played. This story wasn't over yet. She decided to do one more day of QA testing before leaving the project behind forever. One more day, turn over every stone. Vanessa was able to find the last tape. It was hidden underneath a drawer in a character museum with the various virtual models both Civil Parasol Games and the new development company had made. Unsurprisingly, the Golden Rabbit wasn't present. In fact, it wasn't as present as it used to be. She didn't see it around her when she opened up the game. Perhaps now that someone knew the story and wanted to tell, it finally left. She went back into the back room using the tape recorder and placed tape 15 to the slot. Hello. You don't know me. I had created a series of logs for you documenting the troubled development 
of this VR game that you're now testing in hopes that you, whoever you are, and whatever team you are with will abandon development. Now I fear that those logs are being used as a Trojan horse. If you are unable to abandon development, hide all traces of these logs that I've created. I fear that finding them and reassembling them will also reassemble the very thing I've tried so desperately to destroy. Manessa's heart sank. Her face felt pale. She slowly put the last tape in the slot, hoping that the final message and the mysterious development of the tape would give her guidance. There is a way to kill it. It wants to escape. To escape through someone. Someone plugged into this game. That's you now. You have to let it begin the process of leaving through you. Then use the disconnect switch that I've embedded by the main stage. Let it approach you. Let it begin to merge with you. Play the music and flip the switch. That will cause a hard restart of the game and flush the memory, effectively killing it. I hope. I don't know when it will come for you. But as it turned around, what she once thought was a safe space was invaded. The rabbit was standing there. Its wicked smile felt wider than ever, its eyes glowing that nefarious purple. She, she quickly bolted the main menu screen to run. It was too late. When she got there, he was waiting. He was standing where she had previously stood as Freddy Fazbear. He outstretched his arm as a spectral swirl of green and purple energy began to warp her surroundings. His body shifted and glitched and changed. She looked around to see what the girl on the tapes was talking about. Her eyes locked on a button she had never seen on the side of the computer monitor. She flipped the switch that changed the game's difficulty and pressed the button, all the while her vision went in and out of purple haze. Until all of a sudden, everything went black. Vanessa's vision was returned. In front of her was a giant metal door. Scratches and handprints marked the steel door. The window slot, the completely large keyhole, was visible. Vanessa slid it back to reveal the golden wrap behind it. He put a finger to his mouth and gave a quiet shush before backing up into the darkness behind him. After this, Vanessa returned to the hub where a glitched golden rabbit plush sat on the floor next to her. She gave a smile. She was safe. And so was he. I can't say for certain that my findings are accurate, for my mind has been left in such euphoric shock by my most recent discovery. The day I ordered an old malfunction and endoskeleton that will soon find a home in my lab, and very soon that skeleton will find life soon after. It is my belief that when a large influx of agony inhabits an object, that object can give forth to animation. The human brain is often compared to a PC, often referred to as the smartest computer in the world. Torment and mental anguish are like a virus to the brain, 
and slowly will corrode and override every operational system into its own twisted design. In my experiments, I already understand that the colorfully named haunted objects of humanity are simply objects that were energized by agony. But what if the object had an operating system? Something akin to a human brain. Now, I'm no mad scientist. I wouldn't dare test my hypothesis on a living human. But a robot? A robot owned by a robotics company that was surrounded more by tragedy than the pizza they served. What if I rejuvenated it, like a cleric I'd give it back a heart and brain to give a vessel for its soul? What would come of it? Would it sit there ideally, lifeless like the hunk of metal and scrap it was? Or, would agony take it over, hack the systems and give forth actions of its own volition? Or, how most troglodytes would comprehend it? We know that a ghost can possess any object at once. But is it possible for a ghost to possess a human? I believe that this is a perfect stopping point for tonight's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to stay up to date, please consider subscribing, following, or sharing this podcast. It truly helps us broaden our reach. Consider following us on our Twitter at Fazbear Podcast or supporting us on our Buy Me a Coffee page using the links in the description below. Next time, we'll be finishing off the storyline of Help Wanted with the conclusion of Vanessa's storyline and what happened to her in the anomaly as well as what possible future will be in store for her. Additionally, we will also be looking into the release of the Freddy Fazbear virtual experience to the general public, and looking at what impact that virus had on its release. Once again, I've been your host, Nick. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.